Oh, that sounds like it'd probably be pretty good. Oh, it was God. okay. <laughs> huh. It was a little weird. Yeah. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. And I'm Kevin. How's it going, fellas? It's time for episode number 135. Five, six? Six. Six. Video games? Hot dog. A podcast about video games by us, Zach, Riff, and Kevin. Guys. Yeah. We're freshly pissed. (laughs) Ha! Boy, am I. Riff, how was the grocery store? Tell us all about it. Oh, it was pretty good. I would have been back sooner, but I couldn't find a plastic lemon. Huh. Full of lemon juice or just like a like a decorative plastic lemon? No, just a le- lemon juice. Full of lemon juice. I am nearly uh, out of lemon juice. Don't... I went to the grocery store basically because uh, I realized it was getting late and I wanted to get some almond flour to make low-carb bread because I started the Atkins-like or keto or whatever they call it diet this week and did not this initially realize how much I would miss bread. So I found a low-carb bread recipe. Riff. That doesn't make any sense, Yeah, I don't Riff. think you can have any bread. <laughs> I mean, is it like just pretending that it's bread when actually it's yeah, a Yeah, it's, like, it's like almond flour and butter made into a bread-like muffin or something. It's not So almond flour bread. is okay because it's, like a, it's theoretically a protein? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how oh, I mean, the I chemistry It's not really works. flour. Right? Like cashew cheese is sure as shit not cheese. <laughs> that. I have never yeah, heard so. of it. I have never heard of cashew cheese. <laughs> I've heard of cashew that's butter, what, but, but that's butter now, in the same go, way that peanut butter is butter. You go down to Gracias Madre, the mission's uh, premier vegan. Mexican vegan restaurant. Yeah. Vegan Mexican restaurant? Uh, one uh, of those two. Oh man! Speaking of Mexican vegans, we uh, when we we left the apartment to go across the street to have dinner between these two podcast recordings, there was a there was a full on like headdressed Mesoamerican war dance happening on the sidewalk with like nice. twenty people. In You're full in regalia. San Francisco. We are. <laughs> you know what? It might be my it might be my imperialist bullshit that I'm bringing to the table that leads me to believe that it was a war dance. It could have been a fuck dance. Or a rain dance. <laughs> a rain dance. It's raining it just, here, it, so maybe it, it just... It just rained for the first time, like two days ago, yeah. since July. Why are they rain dancing? Oh, they're, maybe they're dancing, it's a, like a post-rain dance. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they are a it tribe works backwards, that looks backwards in, time. in time. Yeah. Oh. So whenever it rains, they have to go do the dance to make sure that it rained. Yeah. Maybe they live backwards in Prevent time. Prevent the paradox. I'll be the first one that they hear saying that. <clears throat> what have you been up to, Riff? Uh, um, you know, most of my time has been stolen by World of Warcraft this, this past few days. <laughs> really? What have you, have, you, have you still been timeless isling? I've been doing some timeless isling. I've been, uh, I've been doing some the look for looking raiding. for raid of the raids that I hadn't done yet. And I did, um, I did, I, I went to, um, solo Karazhan cause Karazhan is awesome and realized that I never did the quest chain to, uh, to get the key to Karazhan, which you don't actually need anymore, but the quest is still there. So I, okay. I went and did all of those, which also involves clearing like five old dungeons and stuff. You have to go into like black fathom deep black rock depths. Yeah. Black. Something like that. Oh, and the the thing that took up most of my time was uh, I joined a new guild, 
which I thought was the old guild I was in that I got booted from <laughs> from inactivity. And when you run around without a guild, you just get guild offers randomly out of the air constantly. And I got this one that was from the the guild is called um, Triple D Elite, and the guy who's the the guild master's name is Gooch. <laughs> And that sounded familiar to me. I thought maybe that was the guild I was in before, so I clicked accept, and it turned out probably not. I think I just get, joined a guild entirely of randoms. But I spent last weekend uh, just doing uh, daily quests over and over and over to get exalted reputation with the guild so that I could buy some of the cool stuff out of the guild store. Well, Wait. right. I mean, you don't want the you don't want the gooch to not treat you as a peer. That's you right. Have get, you have to get <laughs> reputation with your own guild now. There is guild reputation. I don't know what it does. Do you? It, if you go to a new guild, do you get? Do you have to get a different guild reputation? It, if okay, if you join the new guild within twenty four hours, you only lose one reputation rank. So, like, you go from exalted to revered. Revered. Uh, but oh if you take God. more than twenty four hours, then it zeroes out entirely. And you have I to am exalted over. by the gooch. The uh, what? what it the 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 perks you get are pretty good. The there's all kinds of stuff like uh, like travel on mounts is ten percent faster, or you have a chance wow. to get more goods out of mining nodes or herbs or fishing and stuff like that. And there's a store where you can buy like some exclusive pets, and one of them is a pet that is also a vendor, and a you know pet that is a vendor stuff. What? Wait, you can a pet that is a vendor. So you can take a pet out and just sell stuff to it? Yep. What kind of pet is it? It's a guild page, so it's like a dude. It's a dude oh. with a, wearing a guild tabard. So you have a fucking slave, is what you're saying. Well, he only, like a dude, he only lasts for 15 minutes, and, you and then he dies. So... <laughs> What kind of wares does he sell? Uh, just your tip. Well, there are two of them. The one of them, uh, um, if I remember correctly, the one of them just sells regular like stuff that you buy at inns, like campfire wood and reagents and shit. And then the other guy sells that and also the the guild goods, the guild store stuff. What? What? Like? Like? What are the guild store goods? Like more of these dudes. <laughs> Wait, so <laughs> so, so you, you have a slave who is himself a slave trader. <laughs> yeah, basically. Well, that's, very, that's very Django Unchained there. <laughs> I watched Django Unchained this past week, by the yeah, way. So oh, yeah? How is that? I do, yeah. Uh, it was pretty good, actually. Uh, it was. Did it teach you some things about phrenology? A little bit, yeah. Uh, there was a little bit of phrenology. There was a little bit of uh, head explosions. Um, there was a lot of blood. It was like it was returned to. Yeah, doesn't form. the main character in character in Django Unchained have like a like a cortex bomb yes. <laughs> that the rival corporation keeps him in check with? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I've been enjoying that. I watched uh, I watched some Wire or the Wire. Some the, wire. the Wire. The Wire. You watched some yeah. The Wire. Some of The Wire. Uh, where I'm on episode. Eight, I think, of season two, which is actually episode two. Spoiler alert! <laughs> that code with the phone keypad. I, oh, right. I saw one minute of the wire when my dad was watching the wire back when my dad was still alive and the wire was being broadcast new, and uh, that was it. That what, was I, what I, I saw was the, the wire end was of season spoiler about some code that they had been trying to crack for a really long time. 
which is good. It's interesting to see somebody considering like, how do you figure out a code that the idiots dumb people can do can, can handle? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it is the the show is really interesting because it takes a bunch of like good seasoned cops and a bunch of like dipshit cops and sort of throws them together, and it, it shows you how the dipshit cops like sort of become better police which is interesting like they go from being just total jerk offs to being like actually reasonably competent in investigating things you know everybody still has you know character flaws and that kind of thing but it it was a real it's a character it's been a real nice just dipshit right it's been a really nice character arc for a lot of the a lot of the people it's it's a really good character drama i can totally see why people have recommended this as hmm. something that should be seen wonder if anybody in my dad's department went from being a shitty cop to being a good cop. But I feel like the general around. sense that I had was that people either had their shit together to begin with or they didn't. The The number of cops that are portrayed in this is just people that are just really lazy and just trying to avoid as much work as possible is really kind of frustrating. It jives with my experience a little bit, but that's sort of my experience of everyone, right? Yeah, um, I mean, I guess that's true. You, you get spoiled somehow, by being around a bunch of motivated, smart people. It is, but it is somehow more frustrating to think about people in sort of public servant. Right, like these jobs are to stop someone from murdering me. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want it to be some like lazy fat dude, right? If it's like, oh, this person's job is to make me a bowl of soup, you're like, oh, that guy could cut some corners. Maybe he microwaves the soup. Maybe he doesn't pick all the band aids out of it before he sends it to the table, right? But like, no, okay, that's pretty bad. That yeah, I changed my mind. I also want. I also want the guy making me soup to not be a fat, lazy guy. Um, I found a a hair running through the length of a burrito the other day. That was Uh, pretty gross. uh, I mean, I was like, whatever. I I mean, yeah, it like yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of like room on a hair for filth. I feel it's not like a band aid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, band aid band aid is pretty gross. I will I will grant you that band aid and food equals kind of like wanting to vomit. I found a Band-Aid on me uh, earlier today. You have no idea where it came no, from? No, I did, but it was a really long time ago. I was like, oh yeah, I put a Band-Aid on that a long time ago. Like, are we talking weeks? No, like days. Oh, well, that's fine. Yeah, I guess. It's just weird. It's like, how it's did like, I not look at that part shit. of my body for like three days? I thought, I I thought it was a like a Band-Aid inspection. For... From 2009, and you're like, oh, <laughs> Jesus. oh yeah, right. what the fuck? Yeah, what's, okay, what what would a Band-Aid from 2009 be like? Um, like what would what, what kind oh, of design? Like, oh, this is one of those it? Weed Season One promotional <laughs> Band-Aids that they gave away. <laughs> like, oh, man, I love years that are long enough ago that they're not now, but not so long ago that there's anything about them. <laughs> right? If it was like a Band-Aid from 94, it'd be like, oh yeah, this is like a Smells Like Teen Spirit Band-Aid. Right. Or whatever. But uh, 2009? What, like, Dexter. that would have been a week ago. <laughs> there were people born in 2009, and they could probably talk at this point. Yeah, that's probably true. I probably don't want to listen to anything they have to say, though. Super interesting, didn't, yeah. Didn't Mozart... Like start composing shit at age. He started four or releasing five. really interesting podcasts at age four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he was a time traveler, like Bach. Okay. Uh, I watched. Uh, I watched the first episode of uh, the BBC Sherlock show, which huh. I had never uh, seen. It's so good, super good, man. Oh, you. Oh, you, he's a superhero. You are gonna. Oh, I don't. Oh, 
I totally want to say the bit that you're going to love, but I don't want to spoil it. What episode's it in? Uh, I don't remember offhand. It's like near the end. <laughs> of season one? Of season two. So yeah, so like the last, yeah. last two or three episodes of season two are fucking great. Huh. But I mean, it's all good, but there's, there's a yeah, the particular guy who is the best guy. <laughs> The best guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I will. I will keep my eyes open for the best guy. Yeah. In the last two episodes of season. Are they two. British shows? In that, the, since they have like six episodes a season. Not too many. The the episodes are like an hour and a half long. Yeah, I think they're like three a season, maybe. Hmm. I watched Downton Abbey and enjoyed that quite a bit, and did not. I didn't have any preconceived notions about mm. it, but uh, I watched like the first. But, season and a half or two seasons of that and that was pretty good but when yeah. i ran it when i s- fell out of the habit of watching it i never reacquired the motivation to go back to it sure i really want that video game from my dream which is you're a character in downton abbey and it's all just like social relationship and interaction simulations except you control it with a steel battalion controller <laughs> like, you're a tiny alien driving a british aristocrat <laughs> wow I don't that would be actually awesome. want that because I feel like that would be fucking terrible. Oh, it could but. be amazing. <laughs> well, a I mean, human as a mech. I mean, that I is actually it, a really interesting you idea. Could, you It'd could be a lot like Octodad. But the yeah, the yeah. parts where you were trying to fit in with society would have to be like weird mini game levels or whatever. Like <laughs> generally, you'd have to be doing something that it didn't matter if you were like this weird, awkward, lumbering automaton, like clumsy robot. The, the way that you would be because I have a feeling that like if you actually just sort of figured out like alright what are the actual mechanical systems of moving a human being around and making them talk it would be fucking incomprehensible if you actually had to connect an interface to it right because you think about walking walking is like you lean forward until you start to fall and then you catch yourself alright now do that a billion times okay that's a life of walking around <laughs> That about sums it up. Speaking would be neat because it's, you you know, you voice, you, you sort of start creating the vibration and then you have to shape your lips and teeth and, uh, and mouth and tongue to make like a working a theremin with one fire. hand and like a glove Do the it. other hand. Like a well, glove so puppet jack, and So you can theremin. jack off to your theremin music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All good instruments. All all real instruments are playable with one hand so that you can jack off to your own stylings. Are there any instruments that are really played with one hand? I mean, I guess you can play... A flute? No. You could. Yeah, not really. You, I mean, trumpet? You have to cover up... You gotta cover up most of the... Okay, trumpet. Yeah, there you go. Everybody that I've ever known who plays the trumpet seems like a guy that would, like, jack off while yeah. he was playing uh, the You trumpet. can just use your dick as, like, the mute thing that goes into the bell of the trumpet. Yeah, you could, especially if your dick, like mine, was shaped like a toilet plunger. (laughs) Hmm. Oh no, I clogged the toilet. Would you please come fuck it? That's what they say about me. Uh, No. Maybe if it wasn't clogged, I would be into that. We we need to change this topic of conversation. All right, who else has something to talk about? Video games. Did you play any video games, Kevin? I did. I played uh, played a handful. I I went back a little bit and played some games that I had had left unfinished. I went back and played some Starseed Pilgrim. Um, Did you finish it? No. 
it's it gets to a point where it's it it is tricky right like you know kind of what you're trying to do that point is like right at the beginning i I tried again to play that after you were talking about it last time and i still just 100 percent cannot get into it i don't know if there's like something fundamental about it that i'm just missing or what but it just doesn't seem fun have you tried playing it with one hand (laughs) (laughs) play the trumpet with the other hand (laughs) <laughs> I have gotten to a point where like I've constructed my little overworld and I am traversing the sort of second tier worlds and trying to get to the 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 puzzle levels and it is just extremely difficult to do that reliably well cuz it's really random whether There's a lot of randomness. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, it's, it's just... like randomness upon randomness, right? Yeah. Like the position of the three star door and the positions of the keys has to line up with with you the getting the, the right kind of seeds that, and that you kind have. Of yeah, yep. and, and I mean, you can certainly get better at it and make it more likely that you're going to accomplish the things sure. that you want to accomplish. But there is not there's not any real moment to moment mastery. That you it was acquire. neat because I did go back and I was like, okay, I was told by the person who made this game this thing that I believed I had to do wasn't actually real, and he, sure enough, he was right. Surprise! The, um, the orange. No, so that was that was the thing that, that oh, you that guys were you had to, having to be in the bubble when you go through the door. That was yeah. a super weird superstition. I mean, that was just something that I the first time I tried it without that, I didn't notice that I had carried any seeds through. And then when I did it every time after that, I carried seeds through. And I was like, okay, well, that's how I do it from huh. now on. Did you learn that from him that it wasn't a thing that you had yeah. to do? Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have kept doing it. I just had the boring superstition that everybody else had. That one I had already figured out because I had I had screwed up that enough times. I mean, I guess I just never tried planting an orange seed on a one-block promontory where it could have gone either direction. Right. It's you. So often you are on the edge of something. Yeah. So I just never I never found a counterexample. Um. So yeah. So I, I beat like one of the puzzle levels that I got to, and then uh, a couple times got to another one, but didn't have enough seeds to really make progress. So I'm making, I'm making progress. I'm thinking I'm three or four puzzle levels down. Um, it is a great game. It's super, super good. I'm glad that I can sort of give it to myself in doses before I, I finish it, I guess. Uh, I went back and played some more ironclad tactics because there's, I don't exactly understand what happened. It looks like he took the, the cards that you used to have to get from doing multiplayer matches and instead made those cards that you get from the new game plus, which is just much, much harder solo oh, content. God, it was already so hard. Well, this, these are extremely difficult. Like these were, these are challenges that I'm like, ah, oh, man, I don't know how to beat some of these. Um, so I kind of stopped. I got like halfway through those and was like, well, uh, this is not something I'm, super super into right now because I, I was away for it from like a month so I don't I didn't remember all the cards I had and I didn't remember all the strategies that I sort of figured out playing through it the first time so yeah that's that was an interesting choice I was more excited about going back and playing through it at some point with you when you yeah, got back into it playing multiplayer and it seems like that's just gone really there's so there's no benefit to there I mean no not that I could tell like huh. all as far as I could tell all of the cards that you used to unlock by doing multiplayer skirmishes well are now just new lane plus. We we could 
just do it for, we, for fun. We could. Right? We could true. do it for the intrinsic motivation rather than the extrinsic that's motivation. True. Right? Uh, and then I we went back and played some more 868 hack. We're we not buddies anymore? Do you we, not, we, are, we are buddies. Do you not just want to play a game with uh, me? Why have we not played any Spelunky multiplayer? I don't know. Do we have to play it local co-op? Yeah, you do. You've never invited me to play. Yeah, you'd have to use a controller. I have a controller. Okay. But do you play Spelunky with a controller? I have you don't not play played Spelunky at any all. Spelunky, yeah, really. Jesus. I've just played the old... Man, the old I don't know version. if I want your dead weight dragging me down. <laughs> I can just carry the eggplant. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, the new one apparently works in wine wrapper. I haven't tried it yet, okay. though. Um, so I played some more A68 hack, and I had the best street game I've ever had, which was cool. I got uh, my top score ever for a single round, and then I got my second best score on the next game, and then I got like my fifth best score on the third game, even though it had one of those like extra hard challenge things. And then on the fourth game, I just fucked up. And then the third so day, easy. you were at your mother's, so that just seemed like one regular day. Yeah. Um, that game is super good. The game is super good. I kind of, like, I put it in a folder on my desktop, oh, and so the, I, don't, the, the know, I don't look at it anymore. You've, you've relegated it to the, the stacks. Yeah. It's the, the warehouse. I find it important to, to only have one screen full of icons on my phone. In fact, I, I'm having some trouble now because Lords of Waterdeep is, is oh. poking over onto the second page. Uh-oh. Shit. Uh, Riff, have you messed with the Lords of Waterdeep iOS? I, I downloaded it, but I haven't played it yet. Is it good? Uh, I mean, it's Lords of Waterdeep. Uh, is, okay, Which is, is it is an good. accurate uh, port of yes. the board game? Very much so. Even down to the uh, even down to the the sort of feeling, the 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 I don't want to say visceral. There's a word that I'm looking for. The tactile hmm. sort of feeling of playing the game. Okay, it's it's very much like. The things that you do when you play that game for real are the things that you do while you're playing the game on iOS. Are the AIs competent? Uh, well, I got my ass handed to me by three easy AIs. Hmm. I wasn't doing a very good job of playing. I'd sort of played it before I got out of bed. You're playing morning. with one hand. I was playing with one <laughs> hand actually. Um, well, some of those lords are good looking. Uh, some of them like trumpet music. That's true. <laughs> You get extra points. You get this is one of the one of the new lords. The iOS only is if you actually play a trumpet into if you play a single sustained note on the trumpet for the entire duration of the game, you get forty additional victory points. Forty. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really important. That's a. Yeah, but almost no one can finish a game fast enough. Okay, well, could you can just circle breathe though? Oh, okay. You play like a didgeridumpet. <laughs> Sorry, what else? You weren't done. No, I was just going to say, I, I just last night I downloaded a game um, that I had seen uh, the creator talk about at a conference that, uh, that we went to. It's called Clumsy Ninja. It's, um, it's based, it's weird. It's, I, I feel like it is a technology in search of a game. Right, because like these these people made a really sort of very interesting and 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 um, technologically advanced sort of ragdoll system. I think where I think they I think they licensed it to like Grand Theft Auto, um, and it's just very naturalistic walking animations and stuff like that, and it's all procedural 
like it all happens in real time. It's not like pre-rendered. I think is the is sort of the, the the neat thing about it. So they can react in real time to shit that you do, and it doesn't have to be pre-animated stuff. Um, and so they were like, well, let's make a game out of this. And the game that they made, called Clumsy Ninja, is kind of interesting. You have just total control as sort of like a, a, a I don't know, like a puppeteer almost of this this humanoid figure, but. Almost every aspect of the game is just immediately hooked into the bullshit, like, social game thing where there's a bunch of timers that you have to wait for or you can pay. There's a bunch of, um, like, oh, tweet about this and we'll give you a boost or, you know, like, sign in with your Facebook account and, and like us on Facebook. All of these things that just just make it seem super sleazy and gross uh, just immediately upon getting into the game, they start mm. sort of hitting you with these. And it's just, it just, it is such a, an unpleasant style of, of game design. And I wonder if, if sort of civilians who play games feel that way as well, or whether they don't notice it. Do you know what I mean? Like, do people who are into crazy into Candy Crush Saga, do they recognize how exploitative and how gross that game is? Or do they not care? Do they not even notice? Have you have you ever tried Candy Crush Saga, Riff? No. Basically because it's, of what I've heard about it, the exact stuff like, you're talking about. Yeah, the main game is kind of interesting. Like, it's each level is a little different and... There's some I mean, it's just randomized match three stuff. Right? It's match three, but with a bunch of added rules and and challenges and stuff that go along with it. And those are kind of interesting, and they're they're almost puzzly in a way. Um, not that every level has a a solution, which is a little annoying. Um, but uh, but the, the the sort of like depths to which they to go to to really hook you and try to get money out of you and then the, the like the cash shop at least on the on candy crush saga is is nuts like stuff there starts at like twenty dollars they are not screwing at? around well huh. i mean i think there are a couple of like low value items but there's like a lot of stuff in there that's like 20 or 50 or 100 dollars. it's 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 ridiculous like there's there are things like single use consumables that you might use in the in a in a match three game that you might not even win that cost a dollar yeah it's it it is the the highest uh, like costs for things so i've ever seen in a video game here's a question i mean an arcade game yeah like dragon's lair yep cost a dollar dollar for single play and you might die within and you might die within 10 seconds sure i mean was that i never played it because i thought it was too expensive that's like I was excited when it was finally ported to iOS or another system that I could could actually like experiment with it at a fixed cost. Did you ever? Yeah, I bought it. I finally beat Dragon's Lair on my phone one night. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do the thing that I wanted to do ever mm-hmm. since I was a wee baby. And beat Dragon's and Lair. I beat Dragon's Lair. Yeah, it's the, like I also want to see all the death animations and stuff, which there is frustrating. Not they're not a lot. All that many, yeah. right? There's like there's one or zero per scene. Right. And there are only like thirty some scenes. Dragon's Lair had the distinction though of at the time being 
this crazy new amazing <clears throat> thing like holy shit this is a video game that well, looks like right so you, tv animation whereas you were, and you were paying a premium for that and i yeah, think that's whereas like a single okay. match three power up on a phone game doesn't come anywhere near that level of value i mean so so this you know this clumsy ninja thing is is not like anything i have ever messed around with before which which has some some value in its novelty i guess but i don't know that it's it's really worth what they're what they're going for you know like i mean if their goal was to make money rather than make something cool then whatever hmm, sure this is the kind of crap that you would expect to fall out of that yeah i mean and they're they're super into making money they like one of their other games is this like uh, drag racing game. Give me a dollar quest. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, which is all about like buying custom cars and nitro boosters and stuff like that. Give me a dollar Tokyo Drift. Right. Uh, how about you, Zach? Have you been playing any video games? I have. I played the first episode of uh, The Wolf Among Us. Oh, yeah? Riff, have you played this? No, I haven't. I, I decided I, I like should it. not buy it until I finish Walking Dead. You still haven't finished The Walking Dead? No. Man, what is the matter with you? I don't know. <laughs> you gotta... Well, I mean, Kevin hasn't played it either, I guess. Yeah. God, you guys and your fucking backlogs. Yep. Uh, Wolf Among Us seems pretty good so far. It doesn't... It, none of the... Is this a Teen Wolf licensed game? Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay. It's a Fables, uh, Fables licensed game, which Roy, uh, my friend Roy, tried to get me to read fables for a long time to read fables yeah the comic book it's a comic book it's oh, another oh comic not book fables company. the like like video aesop's game. fables that's fable whatever yeah this is this basically takes place in uh the the world of peter molyneux okay you know, it's like the world of sid and marty croft only uh <laughs> only it's like less dinosaurs yeah. so you are the cow from black and white okay <laughs> uh and you get these cyberpunk mafia power-ups over the course of the game so that you can dig an underground fortress and then a little boy will make you cry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, Fables is a comic book about how uh, it's like a world in which all of the characters from old fairy tales are real, but they sort of uh, Dirk Gently style, or I guess Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul style, exist still. Um, and and live among us and there's a, a bunch of them are in new york and they have to have these magic spells to make them look like humans all the time uh that's, a neat, that's a neat world you're conceit. you're big, the big bad wolf who is the sheriff now a sheriff of the sheriff of the fables, fables. yeah okay. and uh it's basically like a murder mystery it's it's kind of it's like 80s noiry sort of and the the things that you're doing they're not puzzly really it has the same sort of like narrative choice branching stuff that the walking dead did and i'm assuming that it has the same kind of overall structure where it's gonna collapse in on itself a couple of times and you know result in like your playthrough will have an effect on how you feel about the different things that happen but not really on what happens hmm. but um rather than rather than being like total emotional heartstrings like you know the story that won the walking dead all of those awards this is just sort of like you're going in and investigating crime scenes and like piecing together what happened and like oh, the sounds, conversation branches are like 
pointing out to Mr. Toad that he said something that contradicted something that he said earlier, and what's going on with that, Mr. Toad? <laughs> Objection! More like Mr. Load of bullshit. Is that one of the lines in the game? No, uh, they didn't. They didn't invite me to help oh. uh, write it. Would have been if I'd been on that team. But no, it seems it seems pretty good so far. Like I'm excited to see it. They make it so there's a girl that you can be nice to, and then then they're like, yeah, whatever. That girl's dead. Fucker. Huh. Yeah. So you might as well have just been mean to her. Yeah. If she's gonna die. Yeah, for all the good it was gonna do. <clears throat> but yeah, it's all right. It's all right. I am. Uh, Is that the game that you were playing that to? had the frog? Yes. Talking to you. Yeah. Okay. That's Mr. Toad. Okay. Mr. Frog. I don't know. You can't tell the difference between frogs and toads. I don't know. Is Mr. Toad racist? What the wind in the willows is what that's from, right? Like that's the, I don't know. Like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride at Disneyland is based on characters from the wind in the willows, which are like Mr. Toad and a swiftly tilting planet. Mrs. Toad. Um, it's like a mole and a badger, I think. Uncle Toad. Uh, yeah, I don't know anything about the story. Yeah. I used to have a really nice hardback, like, painted copy of it when I was a kid, but I don't remember the story. It's, you know, I bought The Walking Dead when the first episode came out, and I played it, and it was really good, and then, like, five months later, when it was time to play the rest of it, I was like, I wish that I had just gotten this when it was all out, you Mm -hmm. know? But I think I just kind of fell for the hype, and I bought, hey, the next thing from the people that made The Walking Dead, even though, like, I know that the the sort of prime creative drives aren't there anymore. I was like, yeah, I'll buy that. Sure, whatever, 25 bucks. I've heard some really good <laughs> things about that company. It's 25 bucks. I'll buy it. And it's good. It's a good game. It's like all, it's all super 80s. See, that's, a, that's an appealing uh, yeah. facet right there. It's like Hotline Miami, only the violence has a purpose. <laughs> they seem to be excited about 80s franchises, right? Because they also did Back to the Futures. Yeah, and Jurassic games. Park. It's more of a 90s franchise. Did they really do a Jurassic Park? Mm-hmm. Huh. Everyone, including everybody I've met who's worked on it, has said just don't play it. It's garbage. Wow. Like, pretty much everyone agrees that the Jurassic Park games that Telltale made are no good. Do you have to know Unix? You do. <laughs> uh, although I guess, you know, Sam and Max is an 80s franchise. Because it's been around Maybe since like 1990. I don't know. When did the first Sam and Max come out? There's almost, seems like, well, there's a, like 80 of them Late now. 80s, early mm. 90s. Yeah, but the original. The original, like, LucasArts one. Oh. I don't know. Sam and Max. Hit the load of bullshit. The original comics might have, already, might have gone all the way back to the 80s. Mm-hmm. Oh, there needs to be a... They need to license uh, Saga. Mm, that would Bond. be cool. There's a, there's a that, rumor going around that they got the license for Game of Thrones. Huh. Wow. That's another property. One that I don't know anything about. <laughs> what I'm comics? Not... Oh, fucking Tales of the Bean World. Somebody needs oh. to get Larry Martyr on the horn and Whoa. make a fucking Tales. Except, like, Tales of the Bean World would need to be, like, an RTS, not a point-and-click <laughs> adventure game. Yeah. Oh, man, maybe yeah, we I need to contact Larry Martyr and see if we can license Tales of the Bean World for an RTS. That'd be cool. Anyone listening to this who has not read Larry Martyr's Tales of the Bean World, it is... It is one of the most satisfying yep. comic book experiences that you will ever have. Hmm. Have you read it? Uh, I've read the first 
part of it. I don't know that I've read the whole thing. Then you must not have really understood what was going on, or you would have read the whole thing immediately upon reading the first one, the way that the rest of us did. <sighs> sure. Sure. Uh, I made it to the... I've, I've, I've started trying in earnest during every game of Spelunky to get to hell, and I've now made it to the City of Gold twice, and that was it. I, it's like I'm back into like whereas before I felt like a stupid baby because I was really bad at Spelunky and I couldn't beat Olmec now that I can beat Olmec pretty reliably now I feel like a stupid baby because I can't get to hell cool stupid babies don't go to hell what would be awesome to me is if somebody like stumbles on some yet deeper boss yeah yep <laughs> that nobody has even found yet because it's got some weird obtuse complicated uh, thing going on yeah, like you have to that get swallowed by the worm and then do something elaborate in the worm stage or something. Yeah, I have not... I know that the worm is a thing because I've read that it is a thing, but I have never seen any indication of how one would go to it. I've never even heard of the worm. You know, I've been to the castle once, and I've had opportunity... Like, I feel like I only ever get the opportunity to go to the castle when I'm in the daily challenge, and I'm told mm. that the castle is a distraction for serious players, so I don't bother. Um, like, I fucked around and just went to the, like, uh, alien mothership, because I forgot I was doing the daily challenge, and I was like, ah, eh, I'm not getting to hell, I might as well just go fuck around in the mothership, and then just got killed by something that I didn't understand. Like, some new kind of hazard alien technology yeah. it's just something that insta kills you i uh had a really promising game where i just killed myself with the staff of anubis oh, right. because i didn't realize that the projectiles that it shoots if it finds an enemy behind you and runs through you it will just <laughs> fucking kill you yeah. inst instantly just instant death yep Ugh. it's pretty harsh shit horse shit yeah it is pretty horse shit anyway so the my strategy from now on is going to be to get the staff of anubis and then not Touch shoot it. it yep at anyone yep because i would just like pew, 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 just kill everything yeah i mean it's really strong and yeah. you can definitely use it it's just you have to be really fucking careful yeah that the closest enemy is not behind you yep um <clears throat> how do you get to the worm uh i it has something to do with like every now and then you'll see like a sort of pinky red giant pustule sticking out of a wall it has something to do with that. I think you have to manage to stand on it for a certain amount of time or something, and then it huh. turns into a worm mouth and swallows you. I don't know. I only saw it come up in, like, one video that I saw. Hmm. Interesting. Because, I mean, those things exist in the All jungle the levels. Yeah. Hmm. Well, so that's a lot of hidden uh, levels branching out from the jungle. Jungles are uh, multifaceted places. Is there, are there any hidden levels? Because, I mean, the black market comes from the jungle. Yeah. The castle comes from the jungle. Oh, does it? Okay. And the, yeah, because it's when you get a, the dead or restless level. You'll find, uh. like, a king's tomb, and you bomb into the, you bomb under there. I like how there's always the ash gravestone that has a shotgun buried under it. So, you have, if you have the Ood Jedi, you can always get a free shotgun for a bomb. Although, the last time I got that, I accidentally angered all of the shopkeepers in the black market. And then got killed by one of them. Just you should just practice enough that you can just kill every shopkeeper yeah, all the time. I have been. It's just there's still a lot of luck involved in whether you can kill the shopkeepers or not. Sticky bombs and shotgun. Yeah. You should be able to do it all. Yeah. Well, I'll just try to get better at murdering. Yep. 
I feel that like game is all, that it. game is all about misogyny you know, and murder. If I get there, if I get to hell, and it's because I killed a bunch of innocents, I'm gonna be like, you know what? I just I deserve to be here. I don't deserve to escape. <laughs> I'm just gonna leap into the lava underneath King Lama. Ya ya ja, Javu Java, Lop. Yama Yama. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, I played Black Bar. On oh, is it the iOS the game? iOS telephone cool. device. Uh, yeah, I bought it. It's all right. I cannot play it because I have not upgraded to iOS six. <laughs> um, I keep getting stuck, and then I come back to it the next day and just immediately finish mm. the yep. sentence. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm getting pretty close. The conspiracy story is uh, in full effect. Winding down. Things seem Winding very up. dangerous. I'm not. Uh, you know, it's neat, and I'm glad that it was successful. I don't know that I have a lot of feelings about it, one way or another. Or a lot of ability to recommend it, I guess. And, uh, oh man, I, today I... Uh, so whatever pissing match it is that Amazon and Nintendo are <laughs> in, the winner of that pissing match is fucking Best Buy, because <laughs> after they postponed... Amazon shipment. I mean, Nintendo wins in both cases. Of the, I guess that's true. I <laughs> guess Nintendo did win that. Although they, I don't know. I, for whatever reason, I think that Nintendo probably gets more money from an um, Amazon sale than they do from a Best Buy sale. I but that is the same probably, money. yeah, that is probably nonsense. Um, yeah, so I went and bought the new Zelda game at cool. the Best Buy. My copy Street. of that arrived today as well, but I haven't uh, opened it yet. Who did you order it from? Amazon. Sons of a bitch. Well, they you said gotta, you got to remember that Riff is a priority Amazon customer. That's wait a minute. No, this that you just because you pay for Amazon Prime doesn't make you priority. Riff, yeah, but I thought <laughs> Riff it was orders you, something multiple times a day. But I thought it was you paid for you paid for Amazon Prime and then they sort by dick size. <laughs> Maybe wait, they do. Fuck. Yep. It might also be so, that I pre-ordered it early enough that I was in the first shipment. Yeah, mine wasn't going to get here for another, like, four or five days. Huh. Um, so I just went to Best Buy. And then I tried to cancel the order. I don't know if it worked, though. I think, they, I think they're on to me. They were like, this is being prepared to ship. We'll try to cancel it, but I don't know if it's going to work, bro. We, I finally got the expansion to Lords of Waterdeep, the, the actual board game, physical board game, uh, I think four months, three and a half months after it came out. Is that right? Yeah, we bought it in September. Right, but I mean, so sorry, not after it came out, but after I had placed the order, I guess, because I think I ordered it in August. But if three of those months were just the three months between when you ordered it and when it came out. September, October, November. You're just engaging in hyperbole, Kevin. I think it was almost, it was almost four months between placing the order for something. It was, at the very already. least, it was like six or eight weeks after. It was available It was in available stores. in stores, Yeah. yeah. I would, I was I had gotten to the point where I just assumed that they weren't going to ever have it or something. Mm. Anyway, the Zelda game is fun. Yeah, I've cool. uh, I've played through three of the dun. I played through the first three dungeons, uh, and I think I'm just about to. I'm I'm being sent into the woods to get the master sword. Oh, nice! Did you rent a bunch of tools, or are you playing at hardcore? Uh, I rented all the tools. Yeah. What does it mean to play at hardcore? Well, I I don't I don't I don't know if it's a it's probably not a game initiated thing, but I just feel like it's probably possible to play through it without renting any tools. 
What does that mean to rent tools? Well, so all of the items that you have, I think that there is a part of me that wants to believe that they took some some leaves from It'll Do. Okay. Right? You can basically get every item, every sub-item type in the game more or less from the beginning. Okay. But you lose them if you die, and you have to buy them again. What? They're really cheap because you're just renting them, but you're renting them until you die. Uh, theoretically, you get the option to buy permanent versions of them, but I haven't had that presented to me yet. So I just rented everything because I had a fuckload of rupees. Because I feel like the more thorough you are, the more just piles and piles I, of rupees. I am super confused. You get. So, like, are we talking like hookshot yes. and bombs yeah, and have every single one yeah. of them? And also, you're not you're not obligated to do the dungeons in any particular order because of that. So you don't get the bombs from a dungeon. Nope. You don't get the hookshot. No, nope, they're just get, all available to you immediately. They're all available to from you from a vendor. From a vendor. So, what? oh, so yeah. the, those things do not drop in the dungeons. Like, also, nope. you can't yep. you can't get the permanent version of the bow and arrow by finding it in the correct dungeon. So the only what the fuck the dungeons that I have been in are equivalent to like the Deku tree and the fire dungeon or whatever, right? They're not. They're, like you get the sense that they are these preliminary dungeons. You you have to find these three amulets or whatever. Uh, but you 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 get sent to a dungeon and then you finish it and it doesn't have an amulet in it because the amulet was just given to you by the princess or whatever. And then they were like, all right, well, you got to find the other two dungeon amulets, and then you can just go to those in either order. Which I don't remember if that's how a link to the past worked or not. I think it might have. That sounds right because I remember because it put the it put the little amulet markers on your world map both at the same time. Yeah, but I just didn't remember if there was something about the way that the things were gated mechanically that made it so you had to go to them in one particular mm, order. Could be. I don't know for certain. Right. Power bracelet you just find talking to some random guy in a house. Uh, which was interesting. There is the there's you know there's the fortune teller who will tell you where to go. I got to a point where it was like ah oh, this guy stole this thing and ran away and I'm like oh okay so I guess I should just go anywhere then huh. and I uh, was like ah eh, fuck this I'm just gonna go to the fortune teller. And they were like ah eh, well they kind of hinted that this is the thing that he stole so he could sell it so you go to a merchant and the merchant has it. Um, huh. So whatever. The, the fortune teller, when you first go to her, gives you a pair of Groucho glasses that are also 3D glasses uh, that you put on, and it will it, it will reveal to you the hint ghosts that are in certain places. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I've yet to actually encounter... I put the glasses on, and it just kind of does like a weird sort of vignette around the edges of the screen. Uh, I've yet to actually encounter a hint ghost to, you know, to talk to him and see what secrets... <laughs> He might have for me. Uh, I mean, why would you trust a hint ghost, right? Because it's somebody who died not figuring out how to get past a particular challenge. <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah, I but mean, or the, maybe it's the, like he got past one and got killed by the next one. So yeah. he's like had a lot of time to think about that first challenge. Or, or, you know, he knows how that trap works because it killed him. <laughs> and so he can give you the warning that he didn't have. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Do you think like, do you think like a mouse ghost would be an expert oh, wow. on avoiding a mouse trap. Maybe. It's like I was eating this cheese and suddenly my neck was broken. <laughs> like I don't know that 
yeah, I don't but know the that go- getting yeah, killed but he by can a come out of means the, you understand He can come physics. out of the mouse goat. He can come out of the mouse corpse and see what it was that got him and go, oh, I'm dumb. Yeah, but can he comprehend it? I mean, do you learn, do you learn above your station once you're mm. a ghost? Yeah, it's... That's an excellent question. I feel like most traps that would kill a human, though, would be comprehensible by a human. Well, what about they were made by? What about traps that would kill ghosts? Like, if you can kill a ghost with a trap, then that's pretty. Was this this like a double? You end up with a double ghost. Yeah. (laughs) So, what does that guy know? I, uh, I, I experienced this thing at Best Buy where when you don't want to talk to a Best Buy employee, there are a billion of them hassling you. And when you do want to talk to a Best Buy employee, every fucking body in that store's got something better to do than notice that you're standing you there. You should walk out of the store and walk back in because they always <laughs> talk to you when you first arrive. Okay. Reset the store. Okay. Uh, anyway, I just wanted this game and it was turned out it was like locked in some weird cage. It was like... like all of the aisles of Best Buy were just covered in pallets of stuff. Oh, I thought you were about to say covered in spider webs. No, in blood. Because of the nobody, flooding. Nobody really seemed to care about all the skulls. And I was like, <laughs> what, come on, guys. Like, And then finally, one of the skulls started talking to me. And I said, hey, Skull, can I have the new Zelda game? And he was like, sure, bro. Uh, the guy it sounds like an that. episode of Night Vale. <laughs> come the to, the, come to the Night Vale Best Buy. He sold me the game, and then he was, and then uh, he, he asked me for my ID with the credit card, and he was like, "Oh, cool haircut." Now I mean, I'm like, huh? Okay, thanks. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, because you had the ID. Yeah, it's my ID. I still have like just long dweeb hair. You hear that riff? It's dweeb hair. <laughs> uh, and then he was like, "Have a good weekend." I guess you will. You're going to be busy with this, huh? I was like, "Is this like some sort of like insulting insinuation that because?" As a 37-year-old man, if I'm the kind of guy that goes to that walks to a Best Buy, he didn't know that I walked there. I might have driven my fucking Porsche, for all he knows. My Porsche that runs on Poontang. Uh, <laughs> drove your Lexus. <laughs> his, his implication is that I didn't have anything better to do this weekend than play this video game because I bought this video game. He was trying to make conversation. But In his defense, he does work insult. at a Best Buy. Sure. So, there's nothing wrong with Best Buys. Don't be that guy. Don't be the like, oh, the guy that beat me up in high school is pumping my gas. <laughs> I mean, you can be that guy, just don't say it out loud. <laughs> that was it. I, Riff, I have a question for you. You sure. seem like a guy who's probably played a lot more 3DS than I have. Uh huh. Is there any way to fucking hold this thing that doesn't make like half of your fingers fall asleep um do you have the regular 3ds or the xl i have the regular 3ds okay i feel like maybe there is but it's been a while since i used the regular size one that i don't really remember since i got to the since i got upgraded to the xl i definitely don't have that problem anymore but i do yeah i did used to Definitely. There is just no way to comfortably play that game. Every time the thing pops up and it's like, you've been playing for a while, maybe you should take a break. I do think, yeah, I don't have any blood left in any of my fingers. <laughs> I think maybe you have a point. It does maybe seem yes. like, yeah, the the original one, the corners are kind of pointy and 
dig into your palms in just the right place to cut off all the nerves to your fingers. It is kind of weird. And there's also no way to like sit down or lay down and hold the fucking thing where it's comfortable. I was trying to play it with the 3D on. I, I did the same thing that I do with every fucking game where people have said, oh, the 3D actually adds something to this, where I fucking spent five minutes with the goddamn 3D on, and then I realized, oh, wait, this makes an already super fucking uncomfortable thing significantly more uncomfortable by virtue of the fact that I can't move it outside of this tiny range of angle where the screen is pointing at me. I read that Nintendo's... Uh Nintendo's own store now sells the stand that they packed in with the... Um, oh, Kid Icarus game? The Kid Icarus game, yeah. And those are apparently actually really nice for just setting it on a table and playing it that way. I want something that, like, suspends it over my chest while I'm laying in bed hmm. so that I can play every game with one hand. <laughs> <laughs> that was it for me. What have you been playing, Riff? Uh, I played a little bit of uh, Tilt to Live 2 on iOS, which okay. is it's the it's sort of game where you've got like, you know, you've got a little triangle and you use the tilt controls to zoom your triangle around the screen, trying to avoid red dots and blow them up with power ups that you pick up. I mean, there's nothing very complicated about it, but it it. It and it's animated really smoothly, and the power ups are fun, and it's something good to play while you're sitting on the toilet. So that's pretty decent. Um, and so I play tilt to live two is good for number two. Uh, sure, yeah, you could say that. You could. Or do you sit on the toilet for a number one? Uh, I do not know. Or can you play it with one hand while you do a number three? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, is that a number three? <laughs> yeah. I always just assumed that was when you were doing both a number one and a number two, that it was additive. Well, wait, aren't you? Well, <laughs> sometimes I forget <laughs> to do the number one while I'm doing the number two and then realize a few minutes after I'm done and have to go back. TMI. TMI. Huh. Hmm. That never oh, happens no. to you, huh? Is that just me? <laughs> oh, well. How do you... I mean, I feel like any opportunity that I have to do a number one, there's no way I can forget to do it. Like, if I were, say, in a hot tub, <laughs> there is no way that it would occur to me that I had to do a number one that I wouldn't just do it right there. Yeah. Anyway, the other game uh, I played some of was, Hey, you guys uh, want to come to my hot tub party next week? Yeah, no! Uh, I played some of The Shiva, which just came out as like a HD-ish remake on iOS, which is a, um, it is a game by, it's a point-and-click adventure by Wadjet I, who are the guys that did uh, uh, um, Gemini Rue and a bunch of other modern point-and-click games, uh, point-and-click adventures in the LucasArts style. And this particular one, you play a rabbi who has been left a ton of money by a, an ex-parishioner who had no reason to leave you any money. So in trying to figure out why he would have done this, you start investigating his murder. And it's, you know, it's interesting. It's noir -y. Um Do rabbis have a parish? Uh, yeah, he has like a temple. I forget if it's called, if, if the parish is called a parish for that or not. 
part part of the plot is that he really needs the money because his parish has basically fallen apart and everyone has stopped coming and he's not able to pay bills and things like that. So it's this tremendous windfall of money, but he's suspicious of its provenance. But uh, it's it's pretty cool. It's it's difficult. Um, I got like I got a, to a in point the tricky puzzle sense or yeah, well, just in a not being able to figure out what to do next sense. Like the I the I got to a point where the only lead I had was to go to this bar where the the dead man's accountant was also killed. So and you're saying a rabbi walks into a bar? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, on the the rabbi's computer that you can log into, he, he has like a little Jewish community website access, and it has like a function where you can click a button and it'll tell you a Jewish joke. And some of them like a rabbi funny. walks into the search bar. Yeah, <laughs> a rabbi walks into the Bing bar and is like, "Ah, fuck! How did this thing get on here?" <laughs> and uh, but yeah, I I got to this I got to this bar where um where my only lead was and there was just nothing to do there. None of the characters would talk to me and there weren't any objects that were interactable with. And that was my last lead. So I just have no idea what I'm supposed to do next. Maybe, maybe you get drunk. You drink until you can't tell the difference between good and evil Murgatroyd and (laughs) Methuselah. I, what Murgatroyd? You drink, you drink until you can't tell the difference between Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, God, why can I never fucking remember? And it's it's not a cedar where you do that. No. It's it's is it Purim? I think so. Where yeah. you you drink until you can't tell the difference between, and then it's two things that don't sound at all alike. It's and a, this is the coolest the holiday, and I can never remember the details. Something else. I anyway, I would I try just forget. I would try just drinking. Over and over again. Hmm. I mean, me, like, me? like, like personally, not obviously. The that's what I would try. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, both, both. <laughs> you match your rabbi shot for shot. Hmm. Well, okay. That's basically all I have to say about it. I didn't get very far, but it seems good. If I can get past this initial hurdle, then it seems like it might continue to be good. That's uh, that's pretty much all I've played. All right. Anything in the news catch your eye, Kevin? Um, the thing that was most interesting this past week to me was uh, Anita Sarkeesian's latest um, Tropes vs. Women in video games. I have not watched it yet. Oh, you haven't? No. It's good. It's really good, actually. It's uh, it's called the Ms. Mail um, issue or whatever, and it's it just talks about how in video games most characters are assumed to be male and then to make a character female they add usually a bow like the put a bow on it is the sort of most common trope um and in a lot of situations and cases there will be like a a coterie of say you know five to eight characters and there'll be like a nerd and uh you know, a cocky guy or whatever, and all these things, and then a token single female. Yeah, like a girl. Like, girl is, like, a race. Girl, yeah, that, girl is, that like... gets put in is Is a personality, yeah. right? Like, that's a personality trait, is to just be female. And so it's this... It's a that weird... That came up in an episode of Bravest Warriors, too. 
yeah, it's just a weird sort of oddly subtle and pervasive. Well, it's subtle if you don't know about it, I guess, or if you're not paying attention. Um, but it's a fairly pervasive notion of just women as as these very sort of one dimensional things that are not um, at all default and they're always sort of the the marginalized situation um and they pointed out like it'll do had a had a single female protagonist that did not have a lot of these sort of easy tropes and it was great right like there was i don't know that i recognized that the protagonist of it'll do was female is it is it called out i mean it's it's, it looks pretty pretty androgynous that's as much as like for the most part, like you could say that Link was a girl, and that would just work. Even the in, even all the like romantic tension with Zelda. There isn't any. I mean, they're always like there's Link's tons. Always, there's Link tons. Is always a little kid. Yeah, there's a ton of romantic tension. Okay, I think you're maybe you're you're confusing <laughs> the actual canon Zelda stuff with your fanfic. Uh. Yeah, I mean. It was definitely worth. It's definitely worth watching. You should. You guys, if you have not seen it, Riff, you guys should both watch it uh, this okay. coming week. We can talk about it at some point. We do kind of lampshade that put a bow thing, bow on it thing in KOL a lot, because so many of the custom outfits are some bizarre monster and then some bizarre monster with a bow on its head. Yeah, is that a joke about that, or is that just us doing that? Yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't know that that's. I don't lampshading. <laughs> I think that might yeah. just be, like, how do you make a stick figure? female because we're not going to draw boobs on something we're not going to yeah. draw a dick we're not like we're not going to draw genitalia on something so like what how do you make those yeah, what other gender? options there yeah yeah i mean normally i just put hair on the female ones and not on the male ones sure like it's fairly that rare that works. like the only time a dude will have the only time a, a male stick figure will have hair in is, kol is, is if he's heavy? like french or a hippie <laughs> right. yeah like, dirty, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and in fact, maybe or, that isn't an accumulation of, or of like, hair. It's an I mean, hair will dirt. be like a weird if you're if you're supposed to be like a broy like, you know, crew cut dude. I'll change the shape of the head. The the anime protagonist guy hair. has a yeah, crazy it's spiky like the hair dude. crazy spiky androgynous hair. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, it was interesting to see this because I feel like I have definitely fallen prey to that. And now I will be more aware of it, right? Like, it was just something that I hadn't really thought about as much before. The one thing that I do have to acknowledge about it, like, when, when I am making things that happen in a video game, they are happening to a guy because I am a guy, and they're happening to me when I'm writing about what's happening, right? right? And that is a hard thing to escape to from. To always be aware of. Yeah, and and I feel like it would it would be lame if you were always aware of it. You know, I mean, Why? like because you you would either have to constantly be talking about it, or you would have to just divorce any protagonist identity from everything that happened, which seems to me like it would just be an awkward thing, right? Like when. KOL, like the, the, the writing that we do for video games is weird in a lot of ways because it is second person, which is not a thing that happens a ton, right? Like it'll happen in like Twine games and stuff, which, you know, Twine games are notoriously reluctant to, to deal with like weird gender issues or, or sexuality or anything. <laughs> right. But 
it's I don't know I should I should have thought about this before I started talking about it actually because I don't actually know what other way to approach it from right like players of the games that we make are either male or female and we are describing what happens to them I mean that's that's yeah okay essentially binary in 99% of cases like let's 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 only open one can of worms here in 99% of cases players are either male or female every once in a while somebody will say like you know we will have something in the game that responds to the gender of the player and maybe assume that they are heterosexual right right and then somebody will say, well, you should give us the option in addition to selecting gender to select sexuality. And then we, our response to that is always like, look, if this was a game about sex, then that would be a thing. But like, if your male character who is gay says something about a fetching innkeeper's daughter or whatever, just pretend that he's making the hackneyed joke that we are making about the fetching innkeeper's daughter and like that gay guy isn't any more likely to actually fuck the innkeeper's fetching daughter as anyone else who passes through yeah, there you don't, you which don't is do, to say no one at all you don't do and any it, of that it, in, like, in our game anyway yeah so. and and so it's like and it's one thing to just look at this and say like no look come on we're inclusive we like that this isn't a game about fucking so this isn't a game in which it means anything that it's written from a heterosexual voice. Yeah, I mean, if we if we started out, if we had in account creation the option to choose your your sexual preference, that would immediately make it seem like this is a game about sex. Right, which, which is would, why I've always yeah, that'd be I, nuts. I considered in one case in in some content that was being added to KOL, I considered giving the option for you to just say. Like, you get hit on by someone in a bar, and in some oblique way it just asks, like, do you want this to be a guy or do you want this to be a girl? So that all of the rest of the jokes are about being hit on by someone who you are not attracted to based on your sexual <laughs> preference, because that's a funnier situation than... And one that is not going to result in us then having to write a thing about, like, you know, the player being disappointed about how, like, not actually getting to fuck this stick figure in this <laughs> fake stick figure bar, you know, filled yeah, with, stick filled with rats uh, and trolls. Like, are notably lacking in the an- anatomy department. But I decided to not even mess with that, right? Like, it just, it, it just seemed like, it seemed like a needless joke and that, that, in, in, in an effort to try to, like, say, all right, well, we're, we're aware that there are people for whom the voice of this game is not necessarily going to resonate. Like, going out of our way to draw attention to that just seems, like, impolite to those people as opposed to just indifferent to those people. Huh. And so it seemed like a pointless thing to do. I feel like the game has gotten more socially aware over time yeah we're, we're not making fun of furries as much sure <laughs> i mean i think that we have gotten more socially aware over time well, i right. mean largely the, by the game like, is a reflection of us yeah well sure the the weird thing is though all there the is old still, stuff is still yeah there. all the old stuff is still there all the old <laughs> podcasts it, are still there and like who fucking knows how horrified 
I would be if listen I listened to, to just shit that I said when I was drunk and 25. Like, uh. It's awful. It's awful. Fucking last week. I'm sure last week I said some <laughs> shit that, should, that I should be crucified for. Man. Anything that you guys wanted to bring up? No, I, I always forget that we changed um, the news. The only the only thing I saw of interest, other than that rumor about about a Game of Thrones, was a note that the uh, the PlayStation the Game of Thrones the PlayStation Four sold a million units in North America in the first twenty four hours, which basically smashed all console sales records for North America. Well, I wouldn't have thought there were a million units yeah. in North America. And uh, also that the the PlayStation 4 is being sold at an $18 profit, whereas the PlayStation 3 was a $200 loss for Sony. Interesting. $18? That means they made $18 million. <laughs> They're going to have to pay like... Well, that's, that's not, not figuring that in like marketing and stuff, so it's hard to say. Well, I mean, if it's not figuring in marketing, then it's not an $18 a unit profit, right? Like, the, Well, yeah. $18 a unit, money. not counting. $18 a unit, only counting hardware. It's the same thing for the $200 loss for the previous one. Hmm. Marketing. <laughs> Who needs it? <laughs> Fucking everyone, it turns out. God damn it. Everyone except Zeppelin, Captain. This assignment, 31 games in 31 days. The hmm. how many did you play, Riff? I played I played the three that he listed as his favorites, and then I played six others. Ah oh, man, you doubled Kevin's estimate on how many you were going to play. <laughs> That's he true. said you would play four and a half. <laughs> <laughs> how about you, Zach? How many did you play? I played. I've got notes on thirty-one of them. Oh wow! Right in front wow. of me, right here. Uh, all right, I'm going to read them. Number one, move dot, avoid rings. More dots appear, all move in sync. More dots. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was the one where you're controlling a guy, and then every time you, I don't know, score a point or some shit, it it's, makes another... It's, it's just time. Oh, it just timed another time. another dude appears, and you're controlling There's the some same dude. weird, I'm assuming unintentional, but interesting sort of strategic elements to that game. While you are moving... If the dot appears on the screen while you're moving, it just stays there and it does not join your formation or whatever until you stop and then start oh, moving again. So you just go up to it. Or you go diagonal and eventually get close to it and then stop and then pick it up and then so you're, you can cluster your dots that way, except multiple dots can appear oh, while you're doing that. So dag. you have to do it quickly enough, yeah. Uh, Still not a great game. <laughs> no, none of these are great games. Some of them are interesting. Some yeah. of them are kind of, yeah. And there's I, some interesting ideas in a lot of them. A lot of them have the problem of the controls being very, you know, pat your head with one hand while you're playing the trumpet with the other hand, and it was just baffling. Pat your pat your head, huh? Yeah. Number two was breakout. Except your paddle was a sphere that radiated force outward and had a cooldown. Yeah. A lot of there were a lot of these games that had that one actually had a win condition. Oh, did it? Yeah, if you got all the blocks, you just won. Huh. Um, but it was it was not fun to do so. Uh, number three, I wrote emotional pretension makes it art, and <laughs> art was all in capital letters. You were uh, you were shooting masks out to protect your true self against yeah. the effects. 
<laughs> I wrote I wrote that the theme was kind of lame, but that uh, building a shield via like like distinct items was kind of a neat idea. Yeah, that's that's uh... if you had a little bit more control over the objects, like if they were if those had been the like flat um, barriers that you could then sort of predict where something would bounce off of, because if you could get the the people to bounce into the like side zones more reliably, you could actually strategically place those to bounce enemies around that kind of thing. Like, I feel like that, that concept could have evolved a little bit more. Number four was pretty cool. Yeah. Actually, four was, four it was the was one where the, the balls like, were bouncing around and you had like, these like circular walls around kind of safe zones and you hit W A S or D to, increase the size of that circular wall no quantum wise like and so you waited for something to get near you yeah you toggled it to a larger wall okay and then if you release it the wall it shrinks back down and if the balls are inside inside the interior then you've captured them and and you you win well sure you get them all and you win yeah you have four different little concentric ring arenas it was that one was pretty fun and challenging, and you got up to level eight or nine, and it was like crazy. No, hard. it got super hard because it, like utilizing any of the the little cells would you're just as likely to lose ones that right. you caught before. Yeah, you like you were trying to like time things because stuff would be bouncing off of the walls at a particular timing, and you were like trying to like grab them while they were in the all in the middle at the same time. Number five was you had two guys that you were controlling independently that were like, it was pretty simple. You were just moving and trying to collect like a piece of food, snake style. But every time you collected one, it would spawn another enemy on the the other other side. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was, I just got overwhelmed with that. I could not keep track of everything that was happening. Yeah, all the ones where you had to move one thing with, with WASD and another thing with the arrow keys, it was... Uh, it's too much. Number six, I didn't understand. Like, I had a really hard time with it because I assumed that the controls, the instructions were a joke because it said, press T, press shift, press R, touch balls with mouse. And I assumed <laughs> that it meant that you, that what that was implied. I'm fucking honest to God. I thought that that was a joke saying that you were supposed to touch your balls with the mouse of your computer huh. and that that then implied that all of the instructions were jokes and that the game was just nonsense but it turns out that those were actual instructions <laughs> the game did seem like nonsense though this one seemed like it was just baloney well it I, so <laughs> I mean pressing R seemed to just restart the game right right, right so that, ignore that T would cause all of your like monster dudes to explode into four balls. Right. When you t- when you moused over those balls, they would turn into monster dudes. Right. And then the up to, next up to time a point, you, and then they started disappearing because there was too many of them. I never something. figured out why they disappeared. Is it I because there were too just, many of them, yeah, or is because they were think, hitting obstacles? I think or something? there was a limit of ten. This was this was very much like a, just a garbage art game. Yeah, it, that's, I, it felt it felt dumb and slapped yeah. together. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Seven was uh, I wrote asteroids controls no gun hit things with holes then they become solid avoid solid things. 
That was weird because you couldn't tell, like, when you toggled something between the this is what you're trying to collect and this will kill you, there was some period of time before it would actually activate harm yeah. you, but not knowing that made it kind of impossible to I, play strategically. I said that it was vaguely interesting, but that the controls were so unfriendly as to make it unfun and not really playable. Uh, number eight, you had a limited number of blocks that you could create to sort of make a just physics object ball not fall off the screen. Right. And, like, moving... You had to hover the mouse in a place for a while to make a brick there. So it was interesting because, like, fidgeting makes it so you don't do anything, which is, to me, like, that supports my play style, like the point at which you stop just absent-mindedly twirling the mouse in a square is the point at which you start making something happen <laughs> in the game. Which, uh, let's see. Nine. I said it was a gravity game where you create a black hole? Question mark? Yeah, and there's a penguin that you're trying to protect, and then there's icicles that are spinning around. Everything moves towards moves towards your yeah. black hole. Every time you click the mouse, it moves to where it moves you the clicked. gravity point. Yeah, and you're just trying to keep the penguin away from the hazards, which yeah. is actually pretty fun. The idea of it was interesting, but I didn't I didn't like it because it seemed like sometimes the penguin could inter- cross through the icicles and it would be okay, and sometimes it was over. It was just bad collision detection. It might something. be, yeah. Um, it reminded that reminded me of uh, Three Body Problem, which I don't know if you guys have played. That no. was like a, it's a little flash game. Is that the anaanthropy game where you're trying to fit three Tetris no. triad people into a bed? No, uh, it is. It's just another gravity game where there are three bodies that have gravity. You you are the primary sort of are gravitational two of chicks and one of them attraction, <laughs> um, and you're just trying to avoid both of them. Is it like an asteroid and two asteroids with bows on them? Yes. <laughs> I did not play games 10 or 11 because they were Windows I They were exactly the same game unless I just fucked up and downloaded them wrong. There was nothing about them that led me to believe that, that they needed to be Windows only. It was like there were red balls that were moving left and right and would bounce off the walls. You were trying to hit all of the red balls with a green ball that would make them sort of annihilate in a little poof. Um, okay. Every time you clicked, it would send a green ball up, a green ball down, and new red balls left and right. Hmm. So you were trying to sort of catch up to the number of red balls by setting up collisions with green balls. Not actually fun, I don't think. Okay. 12 had some weird thing where you were rotating dots on a circle and blocks would fly through, and then maybe you were supposed to catch them or something. Didn't have any instructions. Yeah, I liked it, though. Um... At first, so like this one was, I spent a while playing, thinking that I was trying to save the blocks, and what what I was doing was like trying to hit them each time with the the, the dots or whatever, and then I realized that that was the exact opposite of what the game was supposed to be. You're supposed to let the blocks fly through without hitting them. Okay. Uh, which, uh, and then and basically, I think you had to survive 48 rounds of that, and then if you did that. It started another 48-round game, but now you had an extra dot um, that you were moving around on this sort of ring. Oh. Um, and so each time you did it, it just made it harder and harder and harder, and it was really cool. That's actually, actually sort of like an inverse super hexagon yes. to some extent. Yeah, right? it was neat. 
It was. It huh. was, well, that I, wish, was I wish I had figured out what was going on so that I could have enjoyed a fun game. Forty-two. <laughs> yeah, it was forty-two blocks at a time, and and it had to be that many levels because sometimes you could just leave it alone, and like ten level, ten blocks would fly off, and just by chance not hit anything that you mm. had going on. So did it? If you hit one, did it started back? You? O- you started back over at forty-two. So it starts with it starts with the number forty-two up in the corner. Oh, and it counts down wow. to zero. So it's like one failure and it's over. Yep. That's lame. It's super fast restart, though. It's just like instantaneous. Mm, okay. 13 had the weird thing where you were moving the background. Yeah. And like some, there were two colors in the background and one color would repel balls away from it and one color would attract balls to it. Yeah. And you were trying to move one kind of, one color of ball in one direction and the other color of ball in the other direction. I, I, had, I, I didn't feel like I had enough control to, yeah, to enjoy no, that game it at didn't, all. It didn't seem like... It didn't seem like a thing that you could be any good at. Fourteen, your your goal is to protect your brother. It describes <laughs> this square as your brother. Right. <laughs> he moves around in circles. These dudes spawn that just move toward him and try to kill him. Yeah. You are just kind of four way moving and shooting. Yeah. That was the that controls- was one of the ones I played. I have it listed here, described as Geometry Wars, except it's an escort quest. <laughs> You get slower over time. Oh, that I didn't know. Yeah, do you? Like, I because I played that. this one for a long time. You eventually get to the point where you can't keep up with him. Like it is, it is like very Jason Rohrer in the extent to which it's like, nope, y'all gonna die. <laughs> like I, I definitely felt like I was lagging a little bit, but yeah. I didn't realize that I was actually getting slower. There was yeah, something goofy about the controls where sometimes you could strafe and shoot. Hmm. And so, like you could, yeah, st- if you were shooting left, you could strafe. But if you were shooting up, you couldn't. Huh. So it got very difficult to be any good at it because of just you know. And I mean, like this game was made in one day, right? So like you can't. Yeah. Like, probably like, most of these games are made. In it under seemed to me like yeah, it was yeah. just shooting in whatever direction you were moving. I would have preferred actual geometry wars, or like or actually wasting arrow keys. To, yeah, I yeah. mean, I think it would have been a lot easier to be good at the game. But I, you know. I have to admit that the instructions say, this is your brother, protect him, made me want to protect the thing more hmm. than if it had just said, protect the square, or sure, whatever. And I, and I wrote that down, like, eh, it's okay, whatever. I don't have a brother. Maybe if I had a brother, I would think of him as just this random square, but think of the world as a thing that was shooting weird spinning X's at him, <laughs> and that I needed to shoot, I don't know, bullets at those X's. To protect him until I get arthritis and can't do it anymore, and then he's on his own to just immediately die. Like mm-hmm. it's not like a oh, eventually you win, right? And your brother goes on. It's like no, he's gonna die too. We're all <laughs> fucked. That's the lesson here. It was neat that you were in- invincible, and it was all about this fragile thing that which cannot defend itself. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of these games were just about like, all right, what if this is breakout, except you're the ball or whatever. But like. Yeah actually executed i mean these were all games right you know uh that was 14 15 let's see oh right this one was actually super interesting yeah it reminded me kind of interesting it was interesting conceptually i didn't find it interesting to play for very long although i played it for longer than if you had just told me the concept than i would have anticipated that i would play it so you're moving around and there is a ball bouncing off of the walls totally predictably like totally deterministic and over time you fade from view and you can 
you can press a button to make yourself visible again, but it spawns another enemy. Yeah. So you have to like glean. And it's not. From it's not just you that disappears. All the all the enemies disappear as well. Yeah. The whole screen. Yeah. Yeah. Blank. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and it's neat. You're trading information for additional hazard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 16 was, 16 was one of the ones that he featured, right? Like, this was one of the ones that he said was that he thought was good. I did not like it very much at all. Yeah. You have, 16, you have one guy that you're moving with Wazdi and one guy that you're moving with arrow keys. And uh, there's a line between them. And you're trying to get them to two distinct home locations to score a point. But there's balls bouncing around. And right. if the balls hit the line, you lose a guy. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good, actually. It was interesting. I thought it was super hard. Yeah, I I didn't like I didn't like the like having to do the the two-handed thing. I would I would yeah. always just retract to the smallest possible thing, get in the the best situation to just spread out when the balls were far enough away and then do that, but it just sort of became more rote than than interesting strategy. 17 was like some weird thing where you were blindly bidding on how many balls you were going to bring with you into the next level. Yeah. But it was it, it was, was autonomous. Glitching, like it was not it was not fun. And there was some problem with, like, a key getting stuck that kept happening to me, so I just couldn't. Hmm. Like, I couldn't move left or something, because I, oh, I was just moving right all the time. Yeah, was, Somet- yeah sometimes things would, would lock up, and you'd, you'd have Which to you're not going to do any bug fixing, right. really, right? Uh, let's see. 18 was cool. You're yeah. shooting, You're shooting bricks in from four sides to build a wall around a thing and there's balls bouncing around that destroy those bricks. Yeah, you don't you you have a pretty significant delay between your ability to shoot it. Yeah, I wish there a was barrier. a visible indicator of what that cooldown was. was. There is. It pops up a readout of it. Yeah, it's really? like a countdown. Yeah. Huh, I never upper, saw it. Upper right corner. Mm. I got in the in the game that I tried to play seriously, I got it fucked up because one of the bricks hit one of the balls on the way out and just put some bricks it put some oh. debris right in front of the cannon oh. Oh, that's, so then I just huh. couldn't You're fire screwed. it whenever, yeah. whenever I shot whenever I shot a block that got destroyed by a ball on the way it just annihilated the block yeah hmm. so this I, this had some really interesting strategy to it because it was a situation where if you if you fire off a, a block and it's hit by a ball before it lands before the block lands the right. entire block is destroyed but if the block lands, then balls that hit it only destroy a quarter, like a quarter of it. Of it yeah. So it's four times as effective if you can get the blocks there without getting hit on the way. Um, and it was just like strategically actually getting all this stuff in there. And then I, I came up with an, uh, like a sort of a strategy to it where I made a single really tall line between my gun and the, the target because it was much more likely to catch stuff. And it... it it made it so that it was a lot less, the field was a lot less populated with balls and let me um, have more freedom to actually get stuff going in there in the later game. It was, it was a neat game. It was definitely, I think it was my favorite of the, of the Yeah, probably mine too. Although it sounds like you guys landed on a lot more of the interesting ones than I did. (laughs) Well, because we actually did the assignment, Riff. (laughs) Uh, 18, no, 19. Moving a line that balls bounce off of, enemy balls go through it, guide good ball to hole. Um, that was what your control was rotating 
a line that went through the center of the screen. Yeah. Um, The collision was not very good in it. Like, you moved way too far. Like, I think that he probably should have just cranked up the frame rate on that because it was simple enough that it could have run at, like, 120 frames a second or something and then moved a lot less so that the collisions would have been less goofy. Uh, it felt the gameplay felt super slow, and it was not it was not yeah. as much fun. Um, and then twenty was the exact same game, except you controlled one of the balls, right. and the line just rotated on its own. Well, and then if you got if you beat enough levels, you got a second ball that yeah, was on the other side, yeah, other side, but only one. It was the the opposite one was the only one that counted on the target. Right. Oh, weird. Yeah, it yeah. was that made it way more interesting and challenging. It was really good. It was really good. Twenty one was, was pretty good. Twenty one was kind of interesting too. There was the one where you could transport, you could transform three between three forms. different forms. Yeah, I like that. I like um, the and you could only transform in those white regions unless you were at the bottom of the screen, in which case you could just arbitrarily transform. Well, right. Because the reason you get stuck. stuck. Right, but I mean, you should have put a white region at the sure. bottom or something, right? Because. Sure. Yeah, like you just lose sight of the fact that this thing is limited if it's only limited when it makes sense for it to be limited. Um, it was interesting, but not actually fun to play with. Yeah, I mean, I liked the idea of... so Because there was one form that could score, one form that could kill things, and one form that could move real fast. And so you had to decide what you wanted to yeah. be at any given moment. Yeah, it was like a it was like a Mern Maherm situation. Yeah. Uh, man. God, fucking Star Control. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 22, drag arrows to bounce balls into each other. Arrows decay is what... Uh, yeah, I hated it. Yeah. I did not like that at all. Uh, 23 was breakout where you place all the paddles and then you move seven paddles at the same time. Yeah, I didn't like that uh, either. That was... Uh, 24, you make a circle of joy to bounce balls away from X's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That one was odd. 25 was... is, I think, my favorite of these games. It's the one that I played the most of. You have, there's a bunch of boxes, one of which is under your control, and you're trying to avoid this thing that darts towards whichever one of you is being mind-controlled, and if it hits you, You've got two different kinds of things tracking you. Eliminates that one, yeah. One is moving towards the nearest thing, and one is moving towards whichever one you're controlling. And, And, like, I... I played it for not very long because I was I just didn't really get it and I kind of didn't like how it was playing. But I was like I I think I can understand where there could be some strategy here because if you move pretty regularly, if you switch your targets pretty regularly, you get away from you get away from the other squares before you switch. Yeah. So that the thing I thought it was fun. I played it a bunch. Huh. Uh, twenty five is one where you have uh, no twenty six. Hit balls with orbiting red, not with orbiting green. Hitting them turns them blue, which you can then collect with orbiting green to increase orbiting red's space to orbit faster. Yeah, that was I'd, kind of fun. I did not like having your your player object be something that was constantly rotating in a single direction because it was it, actually achieving what you wanted to do was kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah, it's hard to tell, like, because you had to have both the predictive timing of where things were going to be and which, what your orientation yes. was going to be. But the better you did, it was like it started harder. Right, and it right? got a little easier because as the, you the got more, more you, the more of them you get, the more of your... If you're, if you hit the, if you, like, build up a little, because you can also just use up your 
resource of collection things real fast, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely had something, definitely was sort of interesting, but I did not like the constant rotation. Uh, 27 was uh, Breakout, except you were like a weird cone paddle thing moving with asteroids controls. Yeah. Which was interesting, but not, uh, I mean, not really playable. Yeah. 28, I really liked uh, that territory control thing. Yeah, this is the one where there's, there's like balls red, going right and left. Yeah, there's red territory on the left that's shooting out red balls, blue territory on the right that's shooting out blue balls. When they hit the other side, it advances their territory. And the more territory they have, the more balls that they start yeah. spending, sending out. You're, move, you're invulnerable. You're moving around and can shoot like Geometry Wars style to destroy those balls. The balls, yeah. Um, trying to keep either of them from gaining enough territory that they get a real foothold. Yeah. Long enough for the green army's timer to come out where it will start shooting green balls that yeah. work against both of them. Yeah. Huh. It's it was actually pretty strategic and fun. Yeah, I I found that one to be really interesting and have some like honestly like new gameplay tropes. Yeah. Represented in a way that was like very much a game. You have you having to be very careful about which targets you selected. There was like some arcadey action cuz you actually had to decide and then quickly hit them before they actually yeah. made it across. And like you'll accidentally hit, hit one of the ones you were trying to let right. through and you're like, "Ah fuck." Yep. Yep. It was good. Yeah. Uh, let's see. 29 was was interesting. You had, like, left and right segments. on, Like, it was, like, two triangles with a line between them. Oh, and, yeah. And there was an arrow on the line yeah. that was Ugh. which direction the, they were going to rotate when you hit. It was, like, a three-button control. Yeah. One to rotate the left thing, one to rotate the right thing, and one to switch directions. Yeah. And it was, like... It oh, was actually... It was actually... Like, it became satisfying when you figured out how to like move around real quick because you yeah. would just sort of walk yep no i mean you can like master the movement and actually get pretty good at doing this really awkward thing like say falling down and then catching yourself with yeah. one of your feet and then doing that a billion times and then dying and turning exactly. into a skeleton rotting in a hole in the ground <laughs> um i i enjoyed sort of gaining that little bit of mastery but i did not feel like the game itself was all that great yeah, like, oh, yeah wandering yeah, around sure. collecting the leaves uh, 30, shoot two dudes in from opposite edges of a circle. They bounce off at 90 degrees. Avoid pumpkins. <laughs> he mislabeled these, actually. I think 30 and 31 were switched. Oh. Which, but yeah, I mean, he, like, on, he, he put, he, he relabeled 30 as 31 because it was his favorite, I think. I see. Okay. Or, or his favorite of the two, I guess. Uh, 31... 31 I liked a lot, actually. You were yeah, controlling pretty a box. There were balls bouncing around. Any ball that was in the box grew. And yeah. bigger balls would win collisions. Right. Uh, yeah, that was definitely interesting. It's, yeah. It seemed another another sort of hundreds-y style game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the problem that, that I noticed with it is that since you don't have any way to affect the movement of the balls, if you get down to just the green ball and one more red ball and they happen to be in a movement pattern that means they're never going to collide, <laughs> then there's nothing you can do about it. Hmm. But... Hmm. I... So, as a, an aggregate, 
I had a couple of sort of questions about this this project. Um, one was something that we that you brought up was like the sort of personality theming. Like, I felt like the an example of a of a, of a theme that to me almost sort of took away from the game experience, which was the um, you're trying to keep your true self away from people and you're putting these masks out. Right. Uh, versus exa- like that example that you had that like this is your brother that you're protecting him. Like those two are pretty prime examples of one being a theme that just sort of takes you out of this, the, the game and one being that sort of like draws you in. And, I, and like how important... And those were all just like sentences basically and yeah. a little bit of the graphical. I mean, I think it's harder to pull off wanky angst and easier to pull off like people like each other. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like sure, but yeah, I mean, what like is I, it, is I, it the pulling is it pulling something off or is it just like something that's that's easier for us to? Well, I mean, I think it's failing to pull off the wankst, which is what I call wanky angst okay. now. Um, sure. Also, the uh, the one with the mass is much more heavily metaphorical, whereas the one with your brother could be taken literally. Mm, yeah, okay. Yeah, I guess. Hmm. Uh, the question of, like, as a photographer, which I was a photographer for many years, um, one of the things that I did was I would take a bunch of photographs and then I would show some or maybe none of those photographs to people. Um, and the way that you build a reputation as a good photographer is by very carefully editing what you show the world that you have done and is there a danger in in publishing something like this that that has just a bunch of crap right like like not editing this down to the one or two or three games that were really interesting or or or, um, compelling before you like announce to the world that you've you've been doing a project like this. I mean, I think that there might be, if you were already like, if Derek, you had done this, then this would be something you could point at and say, Oh, look at this bullshit that he made in two hours. I could do something better than that in two hours. My kid could make a game better than that. Right. But this guy, I mean, this guy's a high school student. And yeah, this guy's not anybody established. Right. So it like also, it's not like he sold this, right? I mean, no, no, I'm like, not. But it, it's we sort of like, live in a world where everything is put on the internet all the time. And I think you, you thinking about it in terms of like, ah, oh, these things that I've produced as a photographer, which ones do I want to put in my portfolio to try just, to like sell not myself? Not just your portfolio. Just like, how do you make yourself know? Like if you take pictures of a friend and then you show them that those pictures and like there's like 20 of them, maybe there's a good one in there. But there's a bunch of crappy ones that are like, oh, okay, so you're sort of an average photographer who just takes a bunch of shit, like takes a bunch of pictures, and sometimes you get lucky, right? Whereas if you do the exact same thing, but you say, here's this picture I, mean, I took I've of only, you. I've only showed you the best ones. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe that's what everyone who produces stuff does. And people just don't, don't yeah. recognize it. I mean, do you think that Jonathan Colton actually made nine songs a week and only released the best one? I don't know. Uh, something that I didn't realize when I was a kid is like how much editing an author goes through like I would be really frustrated that I couldn't write something good on my first try and I was like how do they how do these authors do this Mm -hmm. and I like and then I realized oh well they actually 
write and revise and write and revise, or at least a lot of them. I mean, do. real authors don't. Sure. Um, and then that, that sort of brings up my, my third question, which was how important is polish, right? Because none of these games had polish, and some of them were still kind of fun, but like there were just rough edges everywhere. The controls were choppy and... You know, the, there were no real graphics in most cases. and We've sort of moved into a time where you can play a shitload of prototypes if you want. Mm-hmm. And people are starting to understand, like, what that means. Hmm. I was thinking about, like, somebody could make a painting in two or three hours, and it's possible that it could be a really good painting. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody could somebody could record a song. Like, someone, some street performer who was a competent guitarist and a competent singer could make up a song in two hours that would end up being a really good song that people might remember for a hundred years. Sure. You know, you can't build a cathedral in two hours that will (laughs) make people think, oh, that guy's a really good architect. I don't even think you could build a Minecraft cathedral in two hours, right? You can't make a movie in two hours that would be really good. Two and a half you might be able movie. to make like a one minute <laughs> short film in two hours that was pretty good. But can you make a game in two hours that is any good? Like games are one of those things where so much time and so much effort goes into something before you find out whether it's any good or not. Right. Because you have this idea in your head, but like your head is bullshit and a liar. Right. <laughs> and more often than not, once it actually comes time to put in the hours and build the thing that you had in your head, it probably isn't going to work. And playing a lot of video game prototypes sort of makes you think, oh, this guy sucks. But no, what sucks is that making video games is super fucking hard and Hmm. most video games are terrible, right? It's just that you don't see most of them before they've gotten thrown into the garbage. Like... Yeah, I don't know. Sure. It's a weird medium. What is cool is that the means of production have gotten democratized to the point where these games, which probably would have taken a week to make on an Atari, Hmm. took two hours to make in Game Maker, and now anyone can play them on any platform because, fuck yeah, technology. Yeah, it it was exciting to see what someone with very little knowledge beforehand but just a bunch of enthusiasm could do um shit we full-on did not pick an assignment for next week sure we did oh did we yeah contraption maker did you do this without me no i told you about it i've never even heard of this game okay i I when did you tell me about this because we got some some keys was i asleep no i I told you about this i've never heard of what are we doing I'll, I'll, yeah, what assignment are we doing next week, Kevin? We're going to play Contraption Maker. It's a, it's What's a this? Steam. Uh, it's it's available on Steam. It's one of the um, what is the early access mm-hmm. games. Um, yeah, and it's it's you know it's in the vein of like you know Incredible Machine or Fantastic Contraption or whatever. It's like it is one of those like build and assemble crazy Rube Goldberg like devices. I have oh, never okay. heard of this before. Okay. When did you tell me about this? This past week. Like when? I said, I got an email from our friends at Spotkin. Oh. Okay. And we're going to play this game. Well, good. Good job. See, Kevin's the one who keeps track of things for me. Yep. I don't know anything. 
So that's our assignment for I next week. I don't have to know anything. Contraption Maker, which you can't play, apparently. I want to make you, sure. You can Steam early access it? You can't. Well, yeah, no, it's available, it's available to, to everybody. Okay. So, I mean, even if this game is... Not, that's, that's interesting, because, I mean, the, the main guy at Spotkin, Jeff Tunnel, is, the, like, the guy who was the lead producer on The Incredible Machine. So right. This exactly. is a this is a return to form. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that's what they're they're like trying they're trying to see if they can do a second. Because I was like coming of it. He founded Dynamics, right? So like they did, they remember. did like Stellar Seven, and then got picked up by Sierra, and then made the Incredible Machine games. And then they did that. Uh, they did that. I thought it was fun. I don't think it went anywhere, but that like weird quick draw, shootout, cartoon oh, yeah. shootout What's game that they. That we played the early build of last year at GDC on the on the telephone. I got I got it on my phone. Oh yeah, it is Quick Shooter. Yeah, huh. I didn't know that that actually went up for sale. Yeah, it's good. I'm not any good at it. But well, it's cool. A good game. Contraption Maker. You know, I printed out all these listeners' mails. Uh, yeah, but this is already a pretty long show. Is it? Yeah, we could do a couple of listeners' mails. Uh, Hamish writes. I mean, damned fish. I don't think Hamish and Hamfish are the same guy. Uh, hey, these games are pretty old now, but if you haven't played them, I highly recommend them. Thought I would suggest them to both the Hot Dog Guys and the Taco Girls, because I like to recommend them to everyone. The overall series is called The Chizo Mythos, and it's by Yahtzee Croshaw. Oh, yeah. In order, the games are Five Days of Stranger, Seven Days of Skeptic, Trilby's Notes, Six Days of Sacrifice. Five, hmm. So they five, seven, good. zero, six. I have played a couple of them. I've never even heard of them. Um... But yeah, they're just the, the AGT games that Yahtzee was making before Zero Punctuation and some of them since, I guess. Uh, they're free to download and each one can be completed in like an hour. They're a little spooky, though, whether or not that is your kind of thing. Just try to ignore the occasional plot holes and enjoy the story. If you've already played them, though, never mind. I have played... I have played Trilby's Notes, and I think that after playing Trilby's Notes, I played one or two of the other ones. But they're interesting. I mean, they're they're... You know, they're like a guy who was really into Space Quest games, made a horror series. Yeah, Space Quest and like Silent Hill kind of stuff. They're uh, they're good. They're well written. Dave from Dayton writes, Hi guys, love the show. On the last episode, you guys were talking briefly about regular Joes who have the same names as famous people. Zach asked what would happen if you were a regular guy with the name Tony Hawk. Well, something kind of funny like this has happened already. Apparently at some point there was a male model by the name of Tony Hawks, and he has a special section of his webpage dedicated to people who get confused. Thought you all might get a laugh out of it. Also, as a KOL fan, I enjoy all the great content you guys make for us day in and day out. Keep up the awesome work. Well, gosh, thanks. Michael writes about Riker 2 Ladies. I fucking found it. It fucks up on the iPhone. Baboo, Michael. Question. Fucks up is not at all valid, right? Like, if it does something completely different on one platform than another, because it's not like... No, I thought he was saying it doesn't... You don't ever get the two ladies on the iPhone. I still never got the thing. I Like, I think that this guy just photoshopped two ladies into the screenshot. Only on the iPhone Riker. does the, do the do the ladies show up on on Mac, like PCs they don't. <laughs> yeah, this is this is an inter- an interesting question. Hi, chaps, says Aiden. I know you a lot enjoy puzzles and optimization, and I wanted to ask how you approach managing resources in games like The Binding of Isaac. My question. 
you have two bombs and two keys on the second level and have just entered the second room with the rest of the level as yet unexplored. There's a bombable blue item block and a golden chest which require a bomb and a key, respectively. Do you bomb the block, open the chest, do both, or instead wait until you know whether those items will be required in a later room for a potentially better reward? Would your answer change if you had three bombs and three keys? And if not, what is your cutoff? And so are less likely to run out on the level. Do you ever optimize for real life playtime over optimal runs? Per, uh, well, let's let's uh, let's say what we would do, and then we'll read his. In the Binding of Isaac, specifically because there is no timer, I save all of my resources until I know yeah, me too. what there yeah. is. I would to definitely do. explore the rest of the level first. Um, Spelunky has two amazing things that make it the best fucking game that has ever been made. One is gravity. So right, like you, you're which, compelled to move down, which lends a directionality to it. Like ropes are worth so much less than bombs that it becomes this constant, like, fuck, do I go back up there? Right. Like, the fact that you can preview the level up and down, but not left and right, is also pretty interesting. Hmm. But uh, with the Binding of Isaac, because there is no time penalty. Anyway, the second thing that makes Spelunky the best game is the fucking ghost. Even though I hate it, it makes it <laughs> so you can't afford to fully optimize like it yeah it it engenders an amount of recklessness that makes the game way more fun by it's sort of the opposite of the binding of isaac in that regard right like there are hazardous rooms in the binding of isaac but generally once you've you know you can't leave a room until you've killed the enemies and once you've killed the enemies the room doesn't really represent a threat to you anymore whereas like the primary way that I die in Spelunky is fucking spikes, right? And those are there even after you've killed all the enemies. Um, I don't know if that's the primary way that I die. I think I've been killed by more man traps than spikes. We, we could look at your journal. We could see. look at my journals. Uh, yeah, I would not... I would not spend any of those reasons. I mean, I will always save bombs until I've got the entire level mapped out because the basically the only thing that I will use bombs on unless I have a fuckload of bombs is getting into the secret room. Melissa, who plays this game just completely different than I do, uh, she'll just regularly just walk into a room and then bomb all four walls to see, or bomb three of the walls to see if there's a secret door. And I'm like, how the fuck? Uh, and like, does she just, just does she not know how the secret doors are generated? No, I mean like. She'll she'll do it in a way that she's checking for locations that it could be, but like she just does it like well, the first time she goes into a room, like she doesn't wait until she's explored the whole map, right? Huh. It's and you know what? She enjoyed playing that game and she she beat mom a bunch more times than I did, right? Like she spent a lot <laughs> more time playing it. So I was like, you know, if this is yeah, what makes you happy, too, yeah, I guess, yeah. So. Aiden writes, personally, I would bomb the block and leave the chest as blocks are good looting and I really dislike backtracking. I guess that Kevin oh, wouldn't really? touch anything until he had cleared the entire level. Zach would more likely do what I do and Riff would play Minecraft. <laughs> the good work. No, I think I we mean, would all I, do what Kevin does. Like, the that the game implication that, the, that a Kevin. blue rock has better loot than a gold chest, I, I don't know about that one. Well, it almost always has soul hearts in it. And if you are a person who believes that soul hearts are really, really good... Hmm. Which they are really but a good. A gold chest has a good chance of having an actual power up or upgrade in it. 
Mm, is it a good it's, chance? Yeah, it's weird. Like it's it definitely sometimes does, but I sometimes don't know. A fucking bomb which blows up in your yeah, face. Yeah, I I will often just ignore gold chests even huh. if I have plenty of keys because I don't That's interesting. If because I, I don't think of it as keys, a good value proposition. Almost always open everything that I can. But I mean there's gonna be a shop on a level below you, you know, like yeah, but shops shops begin to be half the time greed anyway or whatever, so... Yeah, I guess that's true. Man, I can't wait for Rebirth so that I can probably play it for 15 minutes and not get into it at all, but... Yeah, but can't whatever. wait for Rebirth so that I end up having to buy a PlayStation Vita. <laughs> I nearly bought one uh, yesterday. I found that they had they had some of the new one available for import on Amazon, but I eventually... I thought you had one already. I thought you had, uh, I thought you had played that... I thought you had one already. I thought you'd played that uh, puzzle box AR game. No, huh? I don't have a. I don't huh. have a Vita. I have a PSP Go. Hmm. I had Emily bring my Vita out here so that I could play some more of that puzzle box game, but I haven't played it at all. Uh, I don't have any good? To put the AR cards. That's like I one mean, of the it's... one of the main things I'm interested in on Vita, like that yeah, and I mean, Spelunky I... and the new um, the new thing we were just talking about. Just play Spelunky on the fucking computer, Riff. Jesus. I have a hard time imagining, I mean, just because all of my, you know, dozens of hours of practice are now with keyboard, Right. I don't know that mm. I would be able to get used to playing it with a controller. Um, Louis, Louis Clark writes, Atropine helps keep the heart stable and can act as an antidote to nerve agents. We had to carry them around while I was stationed in Iraq, just in case. Uh, thanks for... Simulator. Thanks for dying for our freedom, Louis Clark. Jeffrey Pye says... Those spaces drive me crazy, too. You are not alone. Also, double spaces between sentences are a terrible thing. Where do you guys land on this? I fucking full-on just two spaces after a period. Yeah, me too. I used to, and then uh, when, like, not long ago, maybe a couple of years ago, discovered that that wasn't, that wasn't the thing that people did anymore, and I read a thing that explained why it was done originally, and I was like, oh. And it took a while, but I trained myself out of it. I still like, so there are people who claim that it makes sentences or, you know, paragraphs look ugly when there are, when there are two spaces now in, in sort of non monospace um, environments. And I argue that they're wrong. I think having a little bit more separation between sentences helps me read something. It's, it, it gives me much more like sense of flow and, and the breaks and thoughts and that kind of mm. thing. I, I mean, for I, me, ninety nine percent of the. I mean, I can that see I've that done. argument, but I feel like the extra white space you get with the period, plus one more space, is sufficient. Mm. I mean, if you're writing stuff that's being displayed by a web browser, one space after a period is rendered identically to two spaces after a period. So yeah, but it just I it just do doesn't. That. I'm looking at I'm looking in Word yeah. documents, but I mean everything that I write, like. I'm guessing that 99.9% of the words that I have written in my life have been consumed by other people in a web browser just because sure. of the bulk of it. I mean, especially when you multiply it out by the number of people, right? right. Like, then it's even <laughs> higher. So it just doesn't matter. I mean, I like to you, I do two spaces because I learned to type on a typewriter because I'm an old ass fucking man. Yes. Yeah, and here. I just, I haven't bothered to correct it because it doesn't matter it doesn't make any difference 
it looks identical to the people who are reading the text, hmm. whichever one I do. So why like go to the trouble of trying to like, like why text go to the trouble messages, of spending a month getting angry at myself? Text messages and Twitter look different with multiple spaces and also it takes up an extra space. So that is one place where I will sometimes only do one space because I am I will go back and edit out double spaces if I'm trying to get to, in to under a, space, yeah. under 140 character limit, but I almost never am. And then at that point it's like, well, I'm already just fucking murdering this sentence. Like <laughs> I'm going to replace some word with a shorter word that is not the word that I wanted to use. And then I think, what the fuck am I even doing? Like why what is the point of this? I got to make I guess I got to make some joke about bread or something. Oh man, I was going to make a joke last night uh-huh. I came in and I made a joke I was talking to you and it was again something about bread uh-huh. <laughs> and I was going to post it to Twitter but then I got distracted and forgot to post it to Twitter oh that sucks fuck man these sweet bread jokes are not going to write themselves Kevin sweet bread jokes mm-hmm. Hawaiian okay. sweet bread jokes yeah that's great was it like wanted bread or alive no it was <laughs> mm. bread can dance the walking bread. I don't know why I think it was like bread dead thing. Bread, bread dead, dead redemption. redemption. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. None of those are it. Was that like a joke about the bread golden girls? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember that you were trying to make a bread joke. Well, I did make a bread joke and you laughed at it. And I was like, oh, Kevin laughed. That must mean it's a good joke. You're using my sense of humor as a yeah. litmus test. Yeah, I don't know what That's I was That's a terrible thinking. idea. Uh, well... Gentlemen, I've had a fantastic time recording number 130 episode of Video Games Hot Dog with you. And I hope you've had a good time recording episode number 130 Video Games Hot Dog with me. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right. All right. Well, see you guys next week. And listeners, we'll see you when we see you. Have a great week, everybody. Later. I mean, we already talked about World of Warcraft, so...